This is a podcast from the mystical city of Tzfat, Israel, about Judaism living a Torah-observant lifestyle. Discuss a wide range of topics, including spirituality, everyday struggles, current events, and interviews with interesting people. All this from the perspective of two young Balei Tshuva who made Aliyah. Welcome to the pod. We have that Israeli water. We have the Irish water. <laughs> Soon we'll have the Israeli whiskey. Israeli Looking Irish water. forward to that. Hava nagila, hava nagila, hava. Shout out to Nissim Black. The bottle's on the way. Thank you, Golani Distillery. <laughs> In the meantime, Jameson. Chaim, Chaim. We'll do, we'll do with that. The month of the drinking. I mean, <laughs> of Simcha. Of, of Simcha. Not <laughs> basically the same thing. Chaim. 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 Amen. You guys don't say amen. Because it's not in real time when you're watching this. What if it was live? Machloket. Ooh, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you don't know an answer, machloket. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's Chodesh Adar. Yeah. The month of Adar. Yeah, Chodesh Adar. Chodesh. The last month of the Jewish calendar. Yeah. Simcha, Dika, month. But it started really weird, man. Yeah, uh, tell me about it. <laughs> Literally tell me about it, because I have a story too. It's not a... Uh, wow. It's been a hard uh, Rosh Chodesh, but it's going to be good. Wow, well, yeah, it's very strange. Uh, I just... I don't know where to start, really. I came. I was yesterday at a funeral. Someone uh, passed away, unfortunately, a good friend of ours. Tama, but Moshe Yaakov, Mishra, Aliyah. Merit of some tour they will say today. That was an amazing uh, uh, lady. Um, yeah, she passed away this Rosh uh, Chodesh. Just made Aliyah. Just made Aliyah, very recent. And that was not it. Um, it's crazy. We I went. We happened Shabbat. Went to the shul, and uh, we were reading the Torah, and um, reading the parsha, getting to the third Aliyah. And suddenly he stops. Who's he? The Balkoi. Oh, okay. The one that reads the Torah. He suddenly stops reading. And, okay, I'm like, whatever. Maybe he's, like, struggling or something. I don't know. But it take it's taking a long time. And I've, I'm, like, kind of, like, behind a wall, kind of, because it's, like, it's an interesting garden. So I couldn't really see him. So I just, like, I'm looking over. And I see, like, the rabbi, the rabbi came and, like, other people come. And they're saying, like, a whole piece of the parsha is just missing that's crazy like the rabbi said he has never seen he's old he's never seen anything what, like they skipped that it or there's a hole in the torah like there's no, like no, a missing part there's a missing part not that there's a hole but like the part like the end of the parchment that's where he stopped reading and the next one it's a total different parsha it skipped like one and a half what? parshas yeah 
I never even heard of something like that. I've never heard of something like that. And our rabbi, who is like 70 years something years old, who has so much experience with Torah, done shlichos all over the world, has never seen something like that. He said, I've seen letters missing, but the whole piece, it was really weird. So we had to like, so it was pasul, this Torah. Yeah, for sure. And we had to get the new Torah. And just so if anybody doesn't know, if, if a Sefer Torah, if the Torah scroll is missing, even one letter, the whole entire book is not kosher. One letter. The n- not, none of it is kosher. So here we're talking about hundreds of letters, <laughs> hundreds of words even. That, wow. And then like our good friend of the community passed away that day, which is weird, all the connections. And then apparently like a candle that like the Rebetzin lit, like went out and then turned on again. Strange things were happening. And later after Shabbos, very shocking, Still get like chills thinking about this. Um, the person whose Torah we're, we're uh, lending it from, apparently the day, the Friday evening, right before Shabbos, her two-year-old daughter spilled hot soup all over her and had to be rushed to the ICU. Is it called ICU? Yeah. To intensive care. And we didn't know until recently, Baruch Hashem, she's going to be okay. But it was... Wow. We need to pray for... Uh, I forgot any what was the name again. Malka Brahiving. Hmm. I remembered her name, Bat Miriam Shifa. If not, I'll put the name on there to pray for her, say to him for her, for full recovery. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so it's really weird. Like, because that's who the Torah is from. And w- he called them right afterwards. The rabbi said, like, trying to, to connect to them, like, to fix the Torah. This is very important. Like, it's, you know, when they say when there's something wrong if you're ill you like check your mezuzot and this is like a whole torah yeah strange way to start Rosh Chodesh. yeah i also uh, i went to ranana in uh, in the middle of israel a suburb of tel aviv next to herzliya my sister lives there and i went there for shabbat and um i wasn't so keen on leaving you know tzvat tzvat is like a Gan Eden is like this miraculous place for us, especially now during these times where everything's shut down and everyone's like filled with paranoia. It's like in a safe haven. Yeah, exactly. We're really in a safe haven here in our little town in the mountain, our little mystical town where everything is uh, pretty much okay. And I go down to Renana, I have to see my family, I have to see my mom. And I walk to Shul. I'm sorry, I walk to the mikveh before Shabbat. It even starts then. I walk to the mikveh before Shabbat and I get there, you know, like 45 minutes before candle lighting, like I do here. Like to go as close as possible to Shabbat. The mikveh is closed. Okay. No mikveh. That's already the first like sign that like now I have to start checking what's going on and pay attention because already things are uh, mm-hmm. you know fishy. Are like all mikvehs are closed in the center. Yeah. Yeah, this is except for Tzfas. Yeah, in Tzfas we have our <laughs> multiple mikvehs. <laughs> and they're all open. <laughs> they're all open and they're all being used. And I get to Ranana and it's like, all right, Elio, no mikveh before Shabbat. No spiritual purity, no cleansing of the of the nefesh. Yeah, it makes it, a huge difference. Yeah, especially in Adar. Mikveh makes you so happy. The mikveh makes you so happy, especially before Shabbat, you know, like, and there's there's even opin- opinions that if you don't go to the mikveh, you don't get your nefesh yetera, you don't get the extra soul on Shabbat. So I... Nice reborn. Nice yeah, refresh. I was like, whatever. It was a bad, bad uh, beginning, so to say. That's how it appeared to me. And I, whatever. I walked back. I tried to not take it to you know, too crazy. 
at night I was like, I was kind of bummed out. So I stayed home. I didn't go to any shuls because I knew like everyone was going to be praying outside and like it was going to be weird. But in the morning, three Sefer Torahs, we were reading from three scrolls, Parashat Shkalim, Rosh Chodesh, Mishpatim. And I was like, all right, I can't miss, you know, like uh, praying without, you know, the Torah. I want to go to shul. So now I haven't worn masks in months. I had corona, passed it, can't get infected, can't infect. Machlokas. Machlokas, yeah. <laughs> the, one, the people that tell you to wear masks say that you can't get re- reinfected and the doctors are still undecided. But um, So I haven't worn masks and for sure not to pray. I'll wear, if I have to go into a supermarket and I'm not welcome in without it, then all right, I'll put on the, put on the mask. But to pray to Hashem... Yeah, you keep your distance to worst case. Yeah, I keep my distance, and I, I'm not wearing a mask. I, I don't want to block my face when I'm talking to Hashem. So I show up. I see the, this synagogue that I usually go to. They're praying on the grass outside of the synagogue. Hmm, that's problematic already, on the grass. <laughs> We're not going to this, but I stand now on the, on the sidewalk. I'm like praying, you know, I didn't didn't go into anyone. He stay, stayed on the sidewalk, didn't come into their property, technically, the property of the synagogue. I'm on the sidewalk. Physically, do I count to the minion? Some opinions will say no, because I'm not really a part of them, but I can hear if everything they're saying. Someone can see you from the minion, could technically see you. Exactly. You're part of it. Yeah, there's opinions, whatever. Yeah, anyways, I was like, okay, this is my options. I'm praying with them. I'm staying on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. I know they're going to have a problem with me not wearing a mask, so I'm not going to go into their area, but I can hear them from here. And I'm going to, I'm okay. I'm the one that's understanding that I'm not going to try to mess with them. I just need to pray. And I'm going to stand here from a distance, not even on their property. And I'm going to listen. And then. And then comes up a guy to me, the Gabai, the the helper of the synagogue that runs everything there. And he says, put on a mask. So I said, no, I'm not going to put on a mask. According to law, I don't have to. And anyone who, who's trying to say you do have to by law, you don't really have to by law because there's what's called Chokah Yesod, the foundational um, law of Israel, which is similar to the United States Constitution, where there it declares that a person has complete freedom of their body. And, and it's, yeah, and it says also in the health uh, ministry website, if you have a yeah. little bit trouble breathing or you have trouble breathing, you don't don't wear it. It said don't wear it if exactly. you have trouble. Like, there's no actual, yeah. Exactly. So I could not stand in the sun for three hours wearing a mask. It was not going to happen. And to whoever can. But I was not going to do it, and I was not going to pray like that on Shabbat. So he tells me, put on a mask. I said, I'm not putting on a mask. He explodes, and he tells me, get out of here. You don't count in the minyan. I'm not. And I said, I'm standing here on the sidewalk. I'm in. I'm not even getting involved. I just want to listen. He says. And you were far away from the. People? I was far away from everyone. There's a fence between us, even like a small wall between us, about the size of this. He tells me we're not counting you in the minyan. You're not welcome here, and you're like a rotzer. You're like a murderer. Wow. And I'm like you know, Shabbat morning, usually the most peaceful time in the world. <laughs> And this is how it's starting. And it's Rosh Chodesh Adar, and we have to be happy. And I'm like trying, and I'm fighting so hard. I'm just trying to keep up and have that emuna that everything's going to be okay. And this is all just a test from Hashem, right? Like, I, and I, it can't be anything else because, of course, you it's know, all a test. it's all a test, right? So I, there's a synagogue right next to them. I took 10, 15 steps, and I stood with that minion, exact same situation from the sidewalk, 
There was a little bit better. I had a public bench to sit on. <laughs> and then, like, you know, finally the guy there also, the, the, the goodbye from the other synagogue tells the goodbye of this, now the minion that I'm in, why isn't he wearing a mask? You have to tell him to put a mask on. Hello? You control your synagogue. Forget other people's. <laughs> so he comes up and asks me, why don't you wear a mask? I said, I'm not putting on a mask. Let's continue praying. Please, let's not get into it. I'm not getting involved, and I'm at a distance from everybody. Please continue. Continue. After that, I'm like, I, I got angry. Like, oh no, is that after, why you're wearing your Khabib uh, hat? <laughs> <laughs> so I get like, after after Musaf and everything, I was like, wow, like I was just kicked out of a minion. Like I was... Two? No, no, the second one, they were fine. Uh. They, he asked me to put the mask. I said, I'm not putting it on. And he left it. He left it alone. And I respect him for that. He was actually very nice how he approached me as well. He didn't scream at me like mm-hmm. the first guy. But I was like, bothered by this you know like i was and my blood started to boil and i missed Sfad and i'm like what is going on Rosh Chodesh Adar, like shabbat i should be chilling and i'm not and the first thing that came into my head i need to go to the mikveh and also a friday night when i didn't go to the mikveh i was stumbling my words i was like stuttering i wasn't speaking clearly i the prayers weren't flowing and i knew it was from the mikveh i knew it was the fact that i didn't go to the mikveh so now like before I do Kiddush in the day, before I do anything, I'm done praying, I want to go to the mikveh. What do you do when there's no mikvehs? What go do you do? <laughs> well, I was like a few kilometers from the sea, can't Skinny get there. Dipping. So what did I do? I started looking around and I was praying to Hashem, please Hashem, I need the mikveh, I need the mikveh. Because mikveh is gematria, has the same numerical value as a kas, anger. So it's a nullification. If you go to the mikveh, you can cancel out the anger that you have. And I started to feel the anger boiling more and more. I'm so out what? of... What? Say what? No, the last sentence. By going to the mikveh, you nullify anger. Oh, really? Because it's the same gematria. Wow. So it's zelumadzeh. Go to the mikveh, you'll take care of your anger. Wow. Right? And this is even one of the kavanahs that you should have that you're fixing uh, anger. That Rizal talks about it. Yes. Um, Shikai talks about it. So I started praying to Hashem, please, I need water. I need. It's like you're in the desert, right? And all you want is water, water, water. I, I need a mikveh, I need a mikveh. Suddenly I turn my head. And I see a guy with nice long peyot, nice beard. And, you know, usually in Renan, it's very modern orthodox. So, like, I see this guy. He stands out to me. You can relate. And I come up to him. I was like, you know where there's water. <laughs> 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 where is there a mikveh? He's like, oh, there's the one of the city in Herzl. And I was like, yeah, it's closed. Um, he says, hmm, where is there a mikveh? Ah, there's a Breslov minion down two streets from here. It looks like a storefront, but really it's a synagogue. And underneath the store, <laughs> underneath the synagogue, there's a private mikveh. Go there now. They're there praying. The secret mikveh. Wow. You're not allowed to walk fast on Shabbat, but I walked fast because I'm going towards a mitzvah. I was walking fast. I went there. Get inside this synagogue. First of all, amazing minion. And I went back there for mincha. But I go inside. Private mikveh. Dip. I must have spent maybe 10, 15 minutes in, in the mikveh, which I usually don't Hot do. Hot or cold. No, no, no temperature, like room temperature, just water. I didn't, I, side note, I don't do hot mikvehs, not for me, only cold. It's not the same. You don't feel the same refreshment afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So I got out of the mikveh and I was so happy. It was instant, instant. And I walked home and I said, Tikuna Klali, and I was just like, Besimcha. And I walked into the house and I told my sister and I told my wife, I was like, I bless you that Hashem will grant you the happiness that I feel right now. <laughs> And I think there's a big lesson there of like when you see things are down and like, what's going on here, Hashem? Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm getting kicked out of a, mi- of a minion. 
bothering me in the other one. What, I'm completely out of my place. I couldn't go to the mikveh. I always go to the mikveh. What's going on? What do you want from me? I just want you to be happy. Just know that I have a plan for you. I even have a private mikveh waiting for you that no one's going to go to and I'm going to give you all the time you want there. Just be happy and have a munah that it's going to be good. And we know, Rabbi Nachman says, all, all the beginnings are hard. Because if it's really the beginning of something, it has to be hard because it's usually something good. And if it's going easy, then you know it's... Hmm. So and it's a little bit of consolement for me and for you missing a p- whole entire piece of the Torah, me missing out the mikveh and, and a minion and, and everything. like Not the, the ideal Shabbos. Yeah, but it must be the best Rosh Chodesh Adel that's coming up because... But maybe it is the ideal Shabbos. Exactly. Because if it started at the bottom like that with hardship, it's going to go way, 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 way up. And we only have, what, a few more days till Purim, a week and a half. Yeah. And some people think, and I used to think, actually, probably before this Shabbos, like, Adar, it means like everything is going to go smooth yeah. and we're just going to be happy easily. No. And I realized after this Shabbos... It's an avoda. It's a work. This is not going to come for free. <laughs> We're going to have to work for this. Vilna Gaon says, right, on, in the Torah it says, v'samachta bechagecha v'ayta ach sameach. You were, you were happy and joyous on your holiday, and you were only happy. It's talking about Sukkot, but in general, all of our holidays, we have to be happy. The Vilna Gaon said that's the hardest mitzvah in the whole entire Torah. Ach sameach. To be only happy for seven days straight. It's the hardest mitzvah in the whole entire Torah. And we know it's an avodah. For sure it's a work. It's, a, it's something you have to work on because naturally we're made of dust. Humans are dust. We're dirt of the ground. Adam Rishon, Adam was made of dust. And we're, we also are. And we return to the dust once we die. And the, the, the element of dirt, of earth, is down. Is to be depressed. Is to be down. And, and we're always trying to... We're being pulled down constantly. That's why it's so hard to work to be happy. And to, and, to, and to uplift your spirits and, and to dance and to clap your hands and to sing. It really is not easy. It's not easy. It's a, it's a hard work. But uh, thank God we have good advice. And mashke. <laughs> that does help. Chaim. Chaim, Chaim. To uh, only good news from now on and uh, may it only be revealed good from now on. Amen. In Adar. That's the, Chaim, that's the idea of, of Adar. It's the, yeah. it's the revelations. Yeah. We read the Megillah. Alev Dar also. Alev Dar. Go. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> no, you were actually saying something. No, go ahead. Alev Dar. That's more important. Alev Dar, like Adar, like the month of Adar. Alev Dar. Dar means to dwell. And Alef is like Alufolam, Hashem. Hashem is like in this month, like really revealed. This is the month where, like we said, it is not so easy. Like we think like the Simcha is everywhere. I mean, it is, but you have to, like, kind of look for it. You have to open your eyes because uh, this is the amount of Ashkacha Pratit. Like, if you just look and see, like, even those things, like, the things that happened, like, brought you eventually to go to the mikveh, right? You yeah. first didn't find the mikveh, and then going through that that was so difficult made you go look and put in even more effort. And who knows? Everything is good. What what what's good's gonna come is Hashem. It will be only revealed good. What's gonna come from this Torah situation, and hopefully everybody be, will, will be healed. Amen. That needs the healing. But yeah, but we we need to open eyes. It's all in the hashkacha patit. But what were you saying? Megillah, like you're saying, when opening our eyes, right? Kriyat Megillah. It's the one of the mitzvahs of Purim is to read the scroll, to read the story of Mordechai and Esther. Um, 
And it's called a Megillah. A Megillah in Hebrew is a scroll. But the Megillah is Megaleh. It's revealing in Hebrew. Megaleh, to reveal everything that really happened there. And we know in Purim, like, it never says once Hashem. Yeah. Hashem is not mentioned. God is not mentioned in such a miraculous story. And the whole point is because we need to reveal that. We need to, we need to open our eyes and to see how much Hashem really is taking us step by step through our whole entire life. Not a second that Hashem is not watching over us and setting up everything for us to gain more and to gain more. And they're, all, they're not obstacles. They're opportunities. And that's why the essence of the miracle relies there. In like the revelation. In the revelation. Because Esther, like you said, like the Megillah, it's called Esther, which actually means like ah, Esther, Esther, which literally means the opposite of concealment. Con it's yeah, concealment. It is concealment. The opposite of Megillah, which is revelation. So that's really op interesting. You have both there. Plus, it's the loftiest holiday ever. Yeah. Higher it, than uh, Yom Kippur. Higher than Yom Kippur. Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippur is a day like Purim. Wow. Which is very interesting. So even Yom Kippur, if you thought Yom Kippur was the holiest day, it's only like Purim. Because on Purim, you can get there without the, the atonement. That's the beauty. Like Purim, wh what's up with Purim? Pur, like the lottery, right? Yeah. Also in Yom Kippur, you have the lottery. The lottery, with they would choose between two equal sacrifices, animals that were equal. I don't know if it was the ram or the sheep. The goat. The goat. That's where the word uh, scapegoat comes comes from, from Yom Kippur. No way. It's the goat that takes all of the sins. It's good Throw to it down to Azazel. <laughs> La Azazel. <can. laughs> but then, yeah, so they had to choose, right? But the two equally, so they would do a lottery. And so also with Purim, like the miracle came through the lottery. Although, which is weird because Haman made the decree through the lottery he did the lottery and he's like ah the lottery came out in Adar and he's like Moshe died in Adar perfect timing right their it's leader is dead it's a good time but he didn't realize it's also the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu and why did he use the lottery actually he used the lottery because he knew that even it says remember you were saying earlier like Kulam Tzadikim right all of Am Yisrael were all Tzadikim in our essence, we have all tzaddikim. Okay, everyone has sins and have like nonsense and stuff. But in our essence, what's our essence? The godly soul that we're just tzaddikim. Who we really are is just righteous. And Haman knew this. Ha Haman knew that if he's going to work in the normal way of things, he's not going to be able to win to win and be able to destroy Am Yisrael. He had to go beyond that. Because all of Am Yisrael is meritous and he's not going to be able to win. So what did he have to do? He had to use the lottery. And the lottery comes from a place that is higher than the will. In the will, what is the will of Hashem? The Torah and mitzvahs. Yeah. So if we do the Torah and mitzvahs, he's not going to win us. You know, everyone, every Jew has, is like a rimon, right? Everyone has like, like a pomegranate. pomegranate. Like they say every rimon has 613 mitzvahs. It can <laughs> plus or minus. It has a lot of uh, seeds. seeds. So every Jew has so many mitzvahs. So he's like, in the will, I'm not going to, I got to go above it. And that's what the lottery does. It goes above that, above the seder, meaning the chain-like structure of existence. What's this chain-like structure of existence? You have the light of you have Hashem, right? The essence of Hashem, which you cannot explain. And then you have the light that comes out, right? That Hashem shines this light, like the sun's shining the light. 
And then from that, you have the worlds that become, right? First, you retract some light, and then you have another light that makes the worlds. You have like, okay, you have Atzilut, which is already more like very, very the most spiritual. And then you have the real creation first. That's Bria, where everything kind of takes shape. No, this is, yeah, it has like mass. And then Yetzirah, things take uh, form. And then in Asiya, this world, things happen. Happen, <laughs> yeah, <Action>. literally, <laughs> things happen. So it's like a chain-like descent of things. So Haman knew if he goes to the chain like the same thing, it's not going to win us. It's the will, the will of Hashem. Like through the Torah, these things were created. Like this was the blueprint for all of the chain-like structure of creation. So he had to go above that. And then above that, what happens? It's lottery. It's faith. It's like on this level, good and bad, it's one. It's the same thing exactly. And he's now he he thought and he he was right. Like at this level, evil could prevail. It's like, ha, here I got them. If I go to use the lottery, I can win them. But he didn't realize that even here, and that's the beautiful story of Purim, the beautiful miracle of Purim, that even in the lottery, even where Haman used, so to speak, you know, like how Bilam, like all these sorcerers, Haman, like they used tricks. Cheat codes. Yeah, cheat codes. <laughs> like Bilam, he, he would, would look, he would go on the mountain and think, like, I, I know the exact time. There's like an exact time. Hashem has an anger, right? It's like 0. 0.000 of a second. And he knew that exact time. It was like, if I can curse him at the exact time, that's the cheat code, right? And I'm going to look at the bad things of Israel, and, but it didn't work. And the same here with Haman. He thought they had, but it didn't work. Why? Because even on that level where good and bad is the same, eventually Hashem still chooses us. Even though we have no merits, even though we have nothing left and good and bad is, is the same, Hashem still chooses for us. And that's, that's the miracle. That's the beauty of this all, that Hashem still wants us no matter what. It's really a deep idea that, that at the core, a Jew is a Jew is a Jew, right? Like, and especially, especially when we get pressed. It's like uh, Chazal compares to to olives, right? Just like the olive, when you squeeze it and you press it, you get out nice oil. It's the same thing, right? That that's that is the Jew. The Jew can live his life with, and if he doesn't get pressed, and if he doesn't get pushed into a tight situation, he might not ever have any oil come out. But here we had a whole entire power, like. This is not a small country. This is a nation of 127 different countries. We're talking about from Hoduat Kush, right? Like they say, from from India to Africa. <laughs> that this one. yeah, and it's um. This whole entire power is coming to take down the Jewish people, and they make decrees and they're putting out all these different laws to take away our rights and and to and to make us really uncomfortable in society to the point where the laws come to allowing non-Jews to even kill the Jews with permission yeah with a with a decree from the prime minister right and and come comes together a few Jews and say hey get put out a letter to all the Jews all the Jews everywhere we're all going to come together for 3 days we're going to cry to Hashem we're going to make tshuva and we're going to pray our hearts out and everything's gonna be okay, because Hashem is managing everything, right? In the in the Megillah, yeah, in the story of uh, of Purim, it doesn't say Hashem, right? Like we said already, it says Hamelech, Hamelech, the King, the King. And the Pshat, the simple meaning, we're talking about a Chashverosh, 
talking about the king of uh, of uh, Shushan and, and this Persia. whole yeah whatever yeah <laughs> Paraz uh, Bavel whatever it is he's the king of everything right and really it's a shem and there's so many hints when you go into it and you start to look at all those places that it says Hamelech instead of Hamelech Achashverosh right the king instead of mm-hmm. the king Achashverosh there's so many things that are going on that it's really it's that is the revelation that we're talking about in the Megillah to, to reveal that like even in the most pressing and unbelievable like how could Hashem be putting his people through that it's all not only a test it's a gift it's a gift from Hashem it's, he's just calling out and this happens to us a lot when we're in when we're not at home right when we're not in Eretz Yisrael I heard a, a mashal once of uh like what? It, how do you explain Galut? How do you explain the Jews being in exile? Like why? Why are we going to exile? Why are we going to Galut? And and it's amazing, Michelle, that you have Jews living in Eretz Israel and everything's going fine, everything's going perfect, and then we start to act up, right? And we get taken out of Eretz Israel. So this is like a kid, a kid who he's he starts to disrespect his parents. He starts to not listen to what they're telling him to do. He's not really you know so aware and conscious that. He has responsibilities and that his parents told him to do certain things and they're expecting of him to do certain things. They love him unconditionally. But, you know, in the end, we're the parents and and you're the child. And he doesn't fix his ways. So his father tells him, get out of your room. For a week, you're not allowed to be in your room. It's usually the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But why? Because in the room, it's his comfort space. He has his Xbox there. He has everything. Right? <laughs> it's all comfortable. It's 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 his own personal little gun edit. It's his own personal safe haven. So his father says, get out. You're not allowed in. But what Abba, What about my Xbox? What about this? What about my phone? What about it? No, don't worry. Everything is yours. No one will ever be able to take your room. But you're not allowed to be there right now. You have to get out. Right? And this is exactly what exile is for the Jews. Our house is ours. No one can touch it. Eretz Yisrael, we had 2,000 years, there was other nations living here. We always had a little bit of Jews here. But 2,000 years, we had the, the nations living in here and trying to conquer and trying to develop, and no one was successful. No one could conquer this land until we came back. Right? And that's even why the Green Line, whatever, the 1967 border, the Green Line. Why is it called the Green Line? Because from a satellite, as soon as the Jews moved in, there was green wherever there was Jews, and wherever it was undeveloped, which was still the yeah. Judea and Samaria or the West That's Bank, crazy. the only Arabs that were living there at the time, it was brown. So you could see where the Jews brought blessing already to the land. The land, if you look it up, you can look it up on Google like or on YouTube or just research it. Like this land, Israel, was considered if infertile. Yeah. Like desolate. Desolate, yeah. Mark Twain talked and about this. Like, until oh. the Jewish people came back and everything started growing. Exactly like it says in the prophet. Megale, we reveal it. That's the thing. We reveal the Kedusha. We reveal in all the nations as well. This this is what this is what Hitler, Imach Shimon, Hitler, his name be erased, him and Haman and all of the, the, the family of Amalek, this whole entire nation. We have a mitzvah from the Torah to, to, the to get I, rid of them. I want to add before you go in there, I heard another really good example of like how a kid, like with the kid thing in the Beit HaMikdash, how like a father gives the kid a, a beautiful garment. A king gives the prince a beautiful garment and the, the kid like tears up, tears it up. Okay, so like, he's a silly kid. So he gives, okay, he gives him another one, a new one. Gives another chance. Again, this kid just, you know, goes play with it and like, 
you know, he, he makes stairs and gets it all dirty. And he's like, okay, you're not ready for this. You're, like, it's broken. The third one, he, ma he made it. He shows it to the kid, listen, this garment, it's even more beautiful than all the two other garments. You're going to get it, but not now. Until you're ready and know how to take care, good care of it, I'll give it to you. And it's exactly how it is with the Beit HaMikdash, with the three Beit HaMikdashim. The first one, we destroyed it with, what was it? Like the sins, like the three bad sins. And then uh, in the second one with Sinat Chinam, Hashem was listening. Baseless hatred. Yeah. Baseless hatred. You, you keep messing up. You destroyed my dwelling place. I cannot dwell in a place where there's like hatred, when there's like this type of immorality. Okay, listen, there's a third Beit HaMikdash ready for you. When you're ready, you'll get it. I'll bring it down. It's going <laughs> to come from Shemaim yeah. as well. Yeah, I just wanted to add that, but please continue so, with your... No, no, it's okay. That's a, it's a very important idea. So it's, sometimes we don't understand things until we hear a mashal, until we hear like a, example, you know, a, yeah. a, a different way of putting it. With a simple idea, it's not enough. We need to hear a story. We need to hear an example. And um, back to what I was saying, Hitler, may his name be erased. Uh, yeah. With Haman, so, <laughs> so he he had a very similar philosophy to Haman of of it's it's me it's us versus the Jews, and the Jews are the worst and they're the they're the problem that we have to uproot from the world, right? Yeah. And similarly enough, the in morality problem. What he said exactly in his book in his book in Mein Kampf towards the end he says that the Jews brought two defilements to the world. One of the body and one of the soul. The one of the body is the brit milah, circumcision. And the one of the soul is the human consciousness. Yeah. That, we th that we're conscious that there's... That I might have hurt someone. I might have hurt someone's feelings. Or I should be compassionate. Or I should have mercy. And he wanted the world to be barbarians. He wanted survival of the fittest. And this is not my words. They're his. Right? You can read this. I don't suggest you do. Take my word for it. But <laughs> don't support buying his book or anything. Yeah, just research but it. The worst case. Exactly. Don't buy a book. <laughs> don't buy his book. It's on there. It's on the internet. You can see it. And this is exactly what the Jew comes to do is to reveal the godliness in everyone, to reveal the light that there's. we're all connected and we all need to be conscious of each other. And the amount yeah. of similarities between the story of the Megillah, the story of, of Esther and, and Mordechai and Haman and, and Achashverosh, it really, really ties into what happened during the Holocaust. There was, so whoever doesn't know the story, Haman had 10 sons that were co-conspirators in trying to kill the Jews in the final solution of way back when, right? So Haman was killed and hung on the same gallow that he prepared for Mordechai. Including um, all the 10, 11? And he had 10 sons that were also killed the day after, or the, with him, right? And he had a daughter that committed suicide. Yeah. Okay? Then comes Nazi Germany, and we get to the trials afterwards. By the way, when this is written in Megillah, it is written again that Esther says, hang them again. She said, yeah, the, king, them the king says, what do, you, what, what, could we, what do you want? Do you have any other request? They're already she dead. Says, just, I ask of the Melech, and again, it's HaMelech, right? It's, it's Hashem, it's the real king. I ask that you do this to tomorrow, and you hang the sons tomorrow, and you hang the sons. Well, you already told us that you hung the sons, that you hanged the sons. So why are you saying tomorrow to hang them? And then we get to Nazi Germany. We get to 1946. There's a Nuremberg trials, yeah. right? Yeah. Nuremberg trials. They're trying ten wicked 
um, Nazis, high-ranked yeah. high Nazis, and they hang them. Capital punishment, but hanging, which was really rare. They didn't really hang people in the 1940s. That was an older method. But just like in the Megillah, here we are in 1946. They choose, out of all punishments of death, they pick hanging, right? So they hang 10. They were really meant to hang 11, but he one committed suicide, yeah. just like Haman's daughter. He committed suicide in his jail cell. And not only that, just like Haman's daughter, he also wore women's clothing. Oh, no. <laughs> he was a crossdresser. Yep. Let's watch ourselves on YouTube. We can talk about evil things and Nazis, but we can't talk about that stuff, so be careful. <laughs> Anyways, so so you see this this alignment of these of these stories, and it gets even deeper than that. That in the Megillah, when it writes the names of the uh, of Haman's ten sons, there's three letters. There's four letters. The three letters that are smaller and one that's extra big. The three letters that are smaller are Taf, Shin, and Zayin. Okay, Taf Shin Zayin is 707, which was the year of 1946 when they were hung was the year 5707, 5707, Jewish, uh, the Jewish year, right? 1946, 5707. So why? Because in Judaism, usually we only write without the millennia. We assume that you already know which millennia we're in. So we didn't write it there. What was the millennia that we're in? The sixth millennia. Right, which is a vav, and the vav in the Megillah is bigger. So you not only do you have seven o seven, you have right the 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 seven hundred seventh year, but you also have of the sixth millennia, which is the the big vav. So it's all hidden in there. It's all written there, and they weren't even meant to be going on trial. They appealed to have appeasement, so to let them prepare their trial and to get. They weren't ready, and they need more time for the trial. Nazis. Right, UN, good job, guys. You gave the, the Nazis extra time to prepare their case. If they wouldn't have had that time granted to them, they wouldn't have been buried in the year 5707. Yeah, they pos postponed it. They postponed it. And, and then it fell out exactly on the year that's written within the Megillah. Not normal. Not normal. And then, and you can look this up, also, there's a newspaper from that year, that year, that the last one that was about to be hung, he was like really like putting up a fight. And before he was hung, he yelled and looked this up. He yelled, Purim Spiel. Wow. Yeah. So he Crazy. knew. He's Amalek. They're all Amalek for sure. So they know. They know They know exactly what's going on. They know there's a war going on here. And... Um, Maybe we'll pull it out some. Yeah, we, we could put some of these up on the video. We'll links put links underneath. Yeah, but when I think this is the this is the idea of Adar, right? When you're in the last month, you're at the end of the year, you, the end of time, right? The end of the year, the, the cycle is towards an end. You already forgot the beginning. You forgot that you're free. You forgot that Hashem took you out of Egypt, right? That's that's Nisan. Nisan, with the month of Pesach, the the month of Passover, you have all these revealed miracles of the plagues and the splitting of the sea and the giving of the Torah, all these things that we talk about. And then you can go through the whole entire year. You get to the 12th month and you're like, okay, back to this world. And then Hashem comes in and he hits you. No. Nah. I'm going to push you up to the point, the highest point, the point where there's no knowledge. Until you don't know. You have no comprehension. No way can you fathom that Hashem is putting a Haman or a Hitler in the world. Right? You can't. How does he do that? But then you have the knowledge that, no, wait, but there's also a Mordechai and the Esther. 
there's also the tzaddikim. There's there's two sides of this. Ah, Moshe Rabbeinu died in Adar. He was actually born also in Adar. Like no matter where you can go, Hashem is watching over you at all times. And that has to bring a person to the ultimate level of Simcha. The highest level of Simcha. That Hashem is not only running the whole entire world and recreating the world at any second, but He cares what you, Avidana, is doing at any second. He cares about every single Jew out there. He cares about all of us and with an abundance of love and watching over us constantly that no one will be able to take us down. Yeah. And we have to keep that in mind now in these times. Yeah. And He gives us, he's, that's what uh, Rabbi Dama said, this is the month to look for it, that He is in everything that you do. And if you keep your eyes open, you will see. You will for see sure. crazy things, like for the good or for the bad. But eventually, it's all good. Remember, like up from Hashem's perspective, all is good. And remember, like sometimes we could despair. We see something that goes bad, and we're like, like for example, now in in these times, COVID times, like some people lose jobs. It's it's awful. We should try support each other and help each other. And, and in other ways, people are like maybe depressed. But and for me i'm just going to talk for me what i'm going through like if i if i go to something and uh, i don't know what it is my life is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i try not to complain too much you know uh, but um yeah it's not all dvash you know it's not all good things go up and down and you have these problems family things and here and there and, and everyone has something right but we need to know at the end like we only have one perspective we only see it yeah. from one angle it's like when you're like looking at the picture like this when you're this close to the picture no you need to like stand afar and nobody can really stand afar you want a chidush on this the only one that stands afar is hashem <laughs> and what's the chidush what's the chidush i learned this the second time i'm dropping his name check out his podcast he also has one yehuda race right yehuda race he's an amazing amazing rabbi he taught me this that the word ra means what in english evil bad right that's how many people think. Ra is evil, bad. Also in Hebrew, people use this word that way. In the Torah, it's also used that way. But what is Ra? What other words do we know, right? Every Hebrew word has a shorish, has a two or three letter root that from that you can change and play with the letters and it's all the same word, but in different tenses and different variations. So if we look at that shorish Ra, Reish Ein, and we look at different words that have it, Ro'e is a shepherd. See. Si. No, ah, a shepherd. Oh, a shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is shepherd. Terura, the blast of the shofar, which is da 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 da. A whole bunch of short ones. Okay, we have ahavta lereicha kamocha. Your fellow. Your fellow, your friend, right? Or your your wife, rayati, right? Like a my, a partner, a, a being that is somewhat connected to me. Now, what do they all have in common? Fragments. Terura hmm. is called terura because it's a whole bunch of fragments. Da, 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 That's mm -hmm. why it's called that way. A roe, a shepherd, takes a whole bunch of fragments, a oh, bunch yeah. of sheep, puts and he them puts together. them together. Right? And what was the other, the last one we said? Um, why do I have to love my fellow as myself? And that word for fellow is reecha, your re'e, because he's a part of you. He's a fragment of you. That's why you have to love him as if he's you. Like mm -hmm. you love yourself, you have to love him because he is you. So really, Ra, when we see things as bad, it's because we have a fragmented, like you said, right? A fragmented 
perception of it. Mm-hmm. If we had the whole picture, it's really all together. It's all one. Yeah, everything is good. But when you have only that that fragmented vision on things, then you're in a place of ra, and that's ein ra, right? That you see with, with the bad eye, you see things going on. Sorry to cut you off, but that was, no. that was a little chidush. I really like it. It, it. it is that. It's like how you look at it also. You can look at it at everything with a negative eye, or you can look at things with a positive eye. And you can see, okay, I can uh, step up and do better from this. And talking about Hashgah Fatit, we had a really funny Hashgah um the other day. We were learning Kutay Maran, and... Uh, again it was talking about Purim <laughs> of course and um, reading about Purim me and my wife were sitting in the garden and I'm reading and I get to Haman and as I'm reading Haman suddenly a whole uh, school of ravens just fly by like <laughs> like crawl you know <laughs> and, and we're like wow that's annoying and then suddenly we're like wait a second we just said Haman <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you say Haman in, in the shul, like everybody makes a lot of noise, makes rah, 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 you know, <laughs> makes all the noise. Like, that was funny. And then I keep reading. I read and I read. And again, I come to Haman. And guess what? Again, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> they don't fly by this time, but they're here again. I'm like, this is too funny. <laughs> and then or I'm reading some more, reading some more. And uh, I get again to Haman. But nothing. <laughs> no sound. No sound. You already did the avoda. You already <laughs> took him out. Uh, and Two like, hits. He's out. <laughs> I was like, "Come on!" Like I was really getting into this. Like I feel like something magical, something godly is going on. Or like, oh, maybe I was just imagining it, or something. You know, like our Yitzhara start talking. Nah, it's just a coincidence. Amalek is yeah. Come up exactly. It's all so connected. Amalek, Haman, <laughs> the doubts, and but then I'm like, Haman. And then he <laughs> came back. I promise you, that's my wife. That's crazy. That is much crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, if we look at it, or if Turgeman says, you go to the nature, you really pay attention to the symphony, to the orchestra that, that Hashem set out for us. It's really, really impressive. And it's directly connected to us. You know, it's not a, it's nothing's random, right? No. Nothing is random. Mikre, rak me Hashem, right? Coincidence in Hebrew, rak me Hashem. It's only from Hashem. That's the word for mer- like for for a coincidence, and um, that's the life that we need to live. We need to live a life of emuna, of yeah. of of paying attention in Mitzrayim, right? In 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 Egypt, when they had the the plague where the animals were dying, it says that whoever had irat shamayim put their animals inside the house so that they wouldn't die. What's the opposite of Irat Shamayim? Those that didn't pay attention, they didn't uh, um, apply their heart in Hebrew, right? They didn't pay attention. They didn't really want to see that Hashem is sending out a message and if you don't take your animals and take care of them, they're going to die. This is a plague, right? So the opposite of Yirat Shamayim, the opposite of Ah and Hashem, or, or, or as my rabbi says, Ira is Re'iyah, to see, mm-hmm. right? With an Aleph, to see. If you don't see the message, that means you're not paying attention. Because yeah. the opposite of Yirat Shamayim is El with Libam, those that didn't apply their heart, those that didn't pay attention. And they lost their animals, they lost, right? So we don't want to be like that. We want to be the people that see 
the ashkacha and everything, and that we're megale, that we're yeah. revealing the light of Hashem and everything, even if his name his name is not written there, even if it seems like he's not has nothing to do with it. And to people, many people say also like, I don't know about free choice, like everything comes. Well, here is your free choice. Here, like how you see at something coming at you. You see it as ashkachapatid. You see it as a coincidence. See it as bad, as good. This is the seeing. And also like seeing as good because if you really just look around, your life is good. Like you have, a, when is the last time you didn't have a meal, you know? Yeah. Like uh, you have a meal every day, three times a day. A house. Like ba- <sighs> a wife. <laughs> Everything. For Baruch people Hashem. listening, uh, especially for the people listening, if you, if you can watch this, you have it good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have it good. I mean, we always have things to complain because we get it so good. If, if you look back like 200, 300 years ago, at the richest person didn't have it as good as probably is one of the poorest person poorer persons nowadays yeah. yeah and they still have an iphone you know plumbing everything everything <laughs> TV, <laughs> xbox but really we have it so good and all, and all is asked from is that we just look at it and talking about not eating also like yom kippur and purim like i was saying like purim is higher than yom kippur and and i kind of want to go back to it because i find it's really beautiful because yom kippur we like again with the lottery you are reaching above that light that's really comes from a very lofty place and like in yom kippur we reach that by doing atonement but like repenting and fasting and praying for 15 20 hours something like that yeah <laughs> barely sleeping you're like an angel but it comes through a lot of hard work and spiritual and lofty work yeah and if it was like well, this year with the covid like outside well, in the baking sun depends where you pray well i prayed where it was outside baking sun we because you know of covid oh my gosh it was like extra atonement i had to go through <laughs> but the beautiful thing is on purim you reach that level without the atonement by being besimcha eating just by being happy and eating and, and that's drinking, why it's loftier getting drunk yeah you can do all of that that you achieve on yom kippur on Purim, by eating, by being happy, by giving each other presents, Mishlachman, by dressing up. By the way, about dressing up. Are you. How are you going to dress up? I'm not going to reveal my. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not Khabib. Uh, I don't even know how to say his last name. But um, I'm not Khabib. I'm not going to reveal my Purim costume, but it has to do with this. It has to do with this. And I'm not going to be a Hasid. Maybe it'll be a Hasid of a different type of. Uh, <laughs> But not, uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. What about your spotting? Uh, looking fresh. I just, done? I just love this spotting. It has nothing to do with my uh, poor custom. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's other. It's like, you know. We've got to be with Simcha. We've got to be with Simcha. Th- I feel like this adds Simcha, you know, like just putting on things. It just adds to the Rabbi Simcha. Biederman Do things says, that makes you with Simcha. That, that's an important thing. If you're not happy, dance, get up, change Do change things. your pattern. Do something. Yeah. That's what we said earlier. It's an avoda. It's a, it's a, it's a, fight to it's a hard job to get into the state of happiness Rev Biederman talks about this famous uh, word of his that he says if you're if a Jew were to go around in in Av in the month of Av right because classically this whole idea of increasing Simcha it actually, it's funny it comes from one of Haman's descendants one of Haman's descendants actually survived and they had more children more children and down the line they actually came to Bnei Brak we're talking 2,000 years ago, 1,700 years ago. He came to Bnei Brak to learn Torah. And, and he converted and became a rab. One of them is named Rabbi Shimon ben Shatach. 
רב שמעון בן שטח says, מי שנכנס עדה, מרבים בשמחה. So it's actually a descendant of Haman, wow. Yimach Shimo. <laughs> on the month of his Yorotzeit, he says we have to be very happy. Be very happy. And he was sitting learning Torah in Bnei Brak, and that's the descendant of Haman, so even more so a descendant of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov should be learning Torah wherever they are. Wow. You have but, no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so in the Gemara, it says that, and it compares it, that, and when Av starts, Mima'atim besimcha. First things first, right? When, when the month of Av starts, we have to tone down the happiness. Don't be sad. Don't not be happy. You still have a commandment to be happy because a Jew has to be happy at all times. Yeah. You just take it down a little bit. So why are these two months, why are we connecting it? Why can't it just be, be happy in Adar? Why does it have to be connected to the time of, Ad, of Av? So if Biederman says in the name of another rabbi, I can't remember his name, that if a Jew is to walk around on Av and during the three weeks, the nine days where we don't eat any meat and he sees a whole bunch of Jews sitting together, Religious guys sitting together and they're having meat and wine and there's no siyum ashas. They didn't just finish learning something. They didn't have any accomplishment that they're celebrating. They're just sitting, and having fun. a nice barbecue yeah. and, uh, and getting a nice lechayim. A proper Ireshamayim Jew will tell them, guys, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? The, our temple was destroyed. This is a time of mourning and you're sitting here having a barbecue for no reason mm. without, it, without learning Torah, without anything. You're just eating meat and drinking, right? You would... You would Uh, it's it would be fitting to to tell them how can you guys do this how can you be so insensitive hmm. comes Rav Biederman and he says so too in the month of Adar if you see your friend if you see a Jew sad during the month of Adar you have to tell him something what are you doing you're not allowed to be sad right now you have to be happy you have to pick your spirits up and I think there's just amazing chidush that like they are connected why just because you wouldn't tolerate a Jew disrespecting the temple Right? And, and, and eating meat and having a festive meal during the time of, of, of Av, so too, we, none of us can tolerate a Jew being sad during the times of Adar. We have to do everything in our power to lift them up out of it. And I think ever, like if we see a Jew being sure. sad, we should not tolerate a Jew being sad because a Jew should never be sad. And it's our brother, especially for any person, but especially a Jew that's our brother, it's very close, so we should... Lift them up, lift their spirits up. Give them a little l'chaim, maybe, if necessary. L'chaim. <laughs> That's the idea of the, the whole idea, like you said earlier, of Aleph Dao, right? Yeah. We, we make a, a place within ourselves, within our being, to allow Hashem to be that flame inside of our heart. I think it's a, it's a very important thing. That's, you know, in the parasha, in parasha Turma, it says... That will make for me a, a, sanct- a sanctuary, one sanctuary, and I will dwell among them. Them is plural, sanctuary is singular. So what's going on here? Make the Migdash, become Kodesh, make your body Kodesh, make your whole entire beating Kodesh, and then I'll be able to dwell within you. Then I'll, be able, I'll have a place to be able to lift you up, to be able to give you these opportunities to, for you to see and to reveal my name and to spread it into Pirsumanisa, right? Like yeah. to reveal, to, to publicize the miracle that is Hashem, that is this world, that is this whole entire existence. Yeah, and Rabbi uh, Lipschitz was saying this earlier between Mincha Marif, he was giving like this story, but he's, he mentioned also like, okay, the Beit HaMikdash is destroyed, but the essence of the Beit HaMikdash still lives, lives on among us. Like the essence, the spirit of it is not dead. Like, We can still be basimcha. The essence is still there. The spirits are still there. There's still Mitzvah something gedola. to live for. And it's going to be c- come back with Zlatashem. By the way, talking about the Beit HaMikdash coming back. 
And Purim would still, will still be. It's the only holiday. And Chanukah, I think. Uh, yeah. So those Rabbanan uh, holidays will still be there. So we'll still do Purim. I wonder, are we still going to be dressed up? Maybe. <laughs> what would you get dressed up is my question. If it would be Mashiach times. Would you be still Spider-Man? I think Spider-Man? I would stop <laughs> dressing up. I, I, I think I would stop. Because... I would dress up as the white donkey of Mashiach. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hint towards what I'm going to dress up as the, this year, but uh, hopefully Mashiach comes and I don't. Uh, kind of giving it away with your hat over there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know if I would dress up because. Chaim. Chaim, Chaim. I think it would be a little bit different. I think we still have Purim, right? But I think it'll be different. I think I don't think we'll need the. You think this time we'll actually take our masks off? <laughs> yeah, like my grandfather says. On Purim, we take off our masks. Yeah, well, the whole year we've been wearing masks. Well, now, Fucho, you do the opposite on Purim. So what can you do now? You cannot wear a mask now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing left. Uh, well, well, whoever wants to do that. Good luck to you guys. The CDC is recommending you wear three masks or two masks to have better chances. So enjoy that. And mainly, if you smile behind the mask, you'll actually release endorphins and all these good vibes in your own body. There's a amazing mechanism created by the creator of the world that if you smile even if you don't feel like it you actually get happy so behind the mask make sure you're smiling guys at least that <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing we have to be with simcha it's a mitzvah liot simcha tamid as rabbi nachman says and then you have the chidush of the new age simcha gedola liot mitzvah tamid it's a big simcha it's an ultimate joy to always be in a mitzvah to constantly be in a mitzvah and in and to do the, it besimcha. Exactly. There's a lot of rest of teachings about doing the mitzvah besimcha. That is all you need. I don't want to do it because in the next world I'm going to get reward or anything. I enjoy this mitzvah. I'm so happy doing it. I take out my tefillin and I want to just kiss them. And I'm happy that I have tefillin and I'm able to put it on. I'm able to observe this commandment from the Torah. And it's in like return, making your father proud. Exactly. And in return, you all are I want making is another your father one. proud. All I want is another mitzvah. That's it. Just give me another one and another one, Hashem. I don't want the next world. I want to be happy in this world with my life now. I want to enjoy Shabbat. And, I want to enjoy yeah. kosher. And how awesome is it? We, Hashem, our father, and it's, it's not just our father. It's like the almighty God, creator of all worlds, like infinite, beyond um, grasping. He gives us finite things. Like I was saying the other day, me and my wife were, walk, were walking the other day outside and I, and I look at these ants and I tell my wife, look at these ants. The way they like look at us, I cannot grasp or understand or what we are, who we are like ants. How can they don't understand humans? Even more so like the creator of the world, the creator of all beings, of everything. We have no comprehension. It's it's like the mighty one, the infinite creator. It's like we can never grasp Hashem. It's like it's infinite. It's it's beyond our understanding. We're like humans. That's what we were just it's learning. Like, it's like 1D trying to understand 3D, you know? <laughs> My mom once said that. I was like, oh, that's a really good way of pointing it. Like, if you live in a 1D world, you're not going to get 3D. Like, 3D, like... You, you, all you know is like this. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know, and 3D is like, it's, it's such different dimensions. And Hashem is like an infinite amount of dimensions beyond us. We cannot grasp. And this God, the almighty, merciful one, gives us the opportunity to actually do something for him and give Hashem pleasure. Like we can do something and Hashem can be proud of us, can be like, 
that's my child and gives him a good feeling how awesome is that that we have that opportunity just the ability to connect and to have a some kind of you know like mitzvah tzavta it's a connection point to Hashem it really it's a it's a huge blessing it really it really is a huge yeah. blessing we're, we're blessed what can we say man and the th- trick is just to keep thinking like we every time we do a mitzvah this is making Hashem so happy right now this is like and we're connecting to Hashem we're connecting to the source of our life happy. I want to be happy because Hashem's happy <laughs> that's the whole thing because Hashem's that we're happy I mean, we get more happy. Oh, so happy, l'chaim. things are starting to fall. L'chaim. 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 All right, thanks for watching, listening, or reading. No, you're not going to read this. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like and subscribe. It's uh, Adar Biba Simcha. Don't be take happy. yourself too seriously. Don't. We don't. Definitely don't. Um, yeah, and uh, remember, we're here with you. Thank you for all the support. <laughs> we made it to 150 subscribers. Yeah, we're nearly at 2,000 views on our channel. Channel overall. We're gonna be posting more and more videos every week. We're gonna have at least one podcast, maybe sometimes two. We're gonna have many clips. We're gonna be on. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. All those places. Anchor. Like, subscribe, share it with your friends if you liked it, if you think they should watch this, and I think they should. And if you have anybody that you want us to interview to, to speak, we've started interviews. We already had our first one with Mordechai Ben yeah. Avram. It went really well, and um, we're, we're open to talk about different topics, to speak to different people that have yeah. interesting stories. It doesn't matter where they are. Thank you to Zoom. We can do this globally. And Biba uh, Simcha, enjoy Purim. Drink a lot. If you're a man, enjoy it. 15 <laughs> cups. And, if you're uh, a woman, you can also drink. You could. You're just not doing a mitzvah. But it's all right. We love you guys. Be besimcha. Enjoy. It's becoming very, very controversial. <laughs>